Well, happy holidays, everybody. Or in this case, Merry Christmas, as it is December 24th, 2018, as of the time of this recording. Christmas Eve, which makes this the holiday episode, the special Christmas bonanza. Um, I decided to do a Christmas special, even though we've already done three episodes of game shows, I suppose. I'm Jordan Haas. This is my lovely niche podcast about the only thing I know uh, what to talk about, and that is game shows, I suppose. Uh, Christmas is a special holiday uh, because, you know, the nice holiday where we celebrate either Yule and burn a whole bunch of shit while dancing upon its ashes, or it's a day where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or it's just a way to buy stuff and make sure we max out our credit cards before the end of the year before we realize how much we have to pay in taxes come April. Anyway, this is the Christmas special, and Christmas time when it comes to game shows always means a lot of different things. In the early days of broadcasting, that just means Christmas trees and ornaments on your favorite shows, and they play a few celebrity specials for charity. Other times, they air primetime events of these shows in daytime or primetime. Because, essentially, television doesn't really do much Christmas specials and game shows are relatively cheap. Um, For instance, uh, Price is Right with Bill Cullen back in the day had a few special notoriety Christmas episodes, which I watch before airing today, even though it's not going to be today's episode. Uh, In addition to that, we had other uh, specials. Uh, for instance, uh, NBC uh, recently has done some primetime special events of some of their famous game shows, such as uh, Game of Games and a Deal or No Deal episode. Even though CNBC has the Deal or No Deal show now, they decided to give it to proper NBC for a one-off special, to which I'm still confused why, because Deal or No Deal did pretty well on NBC, and they decided, eh, let's put it on the network that gives uh, Shark Tank reruns and the profit. Oh, well. It's it's Deal or No Deal. It's back. And we'll review that soon, but it's going to be one of those big, big exploratory episodes, and I want to make sure this is one of those quick episodes. Uh, usually, when it comes to a game show, uh, NBC likes to do a strip Now, hang on there. They're not removing clothes. For those in the business know, a strip is a Monday through Friday or six or seven days a week show. Uh, That means that they can air an episode today, then tomorrow, then the day after, then the day after. A lot of times when it comes to the Christmas season, NBC likes to attempt this with a game show event. Rather, that is Deal or No Deal, which was its first. Then uh, shortly thereafter was uh, Identity and 1 versus 100. Then they did it again with Minute to Win It. Then they did it again with Who's Still Standing. Then they did it again with The Wall. So usually when it comes to Christmas time, NBC has a game show. This time around they don't. That's going to be their new game show is going to start in 2019, January with the Titan Games. From the looks of it, It's American Gladiators without the Gladiators. 
but Dwayne Johnson's in it, so I expect him to go, Jabroni, 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 you should take this, clean it up, stick it up sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. If you smell, la 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 la. But he's not, it's Dwayne Johnson. Um, it, I was doing The Rock. It's a really bad rock impression, I, I know. Um, but when it comes to Christmas time seasons, I mentioned a whole lot of these weird game shows, but there's one that I left out, and that's going to be the topic for today's episode of Game Shows, I suppose. It's a long forgiven episode. Long forgotten because it only lasted seven episodes, which means it only lasted one week in 2012. It used to be called Howie Mandel's White Elephant, but when it came to air, it was known simply as Take It All. ordinary people to act like this. Howie Mandel's Take It All, a week-long event starting December 10th here on NBC. Of course, the answer to that promo is that the casting directors decided to get the fire alarm contestants because uh, apparently screaming is enthusiasm and enthusiasm is happy. And if you watch the show, that means you're going to be happy too, even though as we keep establishing, it's a little impossible to be woo-woo-woo, happy-happy on a show when it's intense and, and dramatic. A dramatic game show does not have woo-woo-woo contestants. It needs to have actual thinking and drama and tears and realistic contestants. And going woo-woo-woo-woo, it's a little unnatural. Uh, unless, of course, you're like a mother and you're watching your, your kids play soccer or something. Other than that, I don't know. The game show is called Take It All. Now, the the story is quick. Uh, Howie Mandel, fresh from Deal or No Deal, uh, the show ended because of various reasons. Uh, NBC just thought it wasn't fit to keep having that show anymore. At a time when they probably were in the middle of their third reboot of... of other shows i think this was at the time they were doing fear factor again with joe rogan that show went off real well when they decided you know be a great uh stunt is to get people to drink goat semen and goat piss and then that show got canceled that was that was thrilling anyway that has nothing to do with take it all this holiday tradition so uh howie mandel when he got deal or no deal it was basically at the end of his career nearly he was like i don't want to do television i don't want to be a game show host i don't know how to be a game show host and of course dealer no became a massive hit because his comments essentially just messing with people emotionally and uh, it worked so it so that led to a spin-off show called how we do it uh that lasted one season and then it, it gave him uh, other shows such as uh, deal with it on tbs a hidden camera game show uh, and this was his last big money game show. Uh, this was the only big money game show he hosted before basically just going to America's Got Talent and becoming a judge. Originally, the title was going to be called Howie Mandel's White Elephant, with the rules essentially being that of a white elephant game, and that's why I, I thought it would be fitting for the Christmas season, you know? Secret Santas are here, and white elephants at your office party where everyone brings in ridiculous stuff, and you can either take it or steal someone else's and keep going with that. And, and that's the Yuletide tradition, right? Just 
pick prizes that someone else gifted and you can take it or or leave it um so because of this whole risk reward system in mind but with prizes rather than cash howie mandel had a idea to do white elephant which would work if you're doing you know wacky items or or uh essentially what amounts to uh, a version of let's make a deal's no complaining game um so on Let's Make a Deal, they have a game similar to this called No Complaining, where it's with three dealers, and Wayne Brady uh, basically picks them all up, and then it goes to the first dealer, and it's, do you want the envelope, or do you want up, up the big box? Let's so just go with one of those. And let's just say the contestant gets the big box, and then the big box is revealed to be, let's just say something moderately good, like... Um, uh, a, a, a laptop computer and a desk so then player two has to make the dealer two makes a decision you can steal the desk and laptop or you can take curtain one and then of course he takes the laptop com and, com and keyboard thing so now player one who originally had the laptop and desk is now stuck with curtain one and then behind curtain one, well, it's a wonderful ATV, which then leads us to player D three, which has to decide. You can steal the laptop desk, you can steal curtain one, or you can have a small box. And of course, that whatever he picks, that's what he get, and that's the game. That's essentially no complaining on let's make a deal. With, with White Elephant... The game is essentially random boxes that people brought in with with miscellaneous silly goodies, and you decide you want to keep it or not. So with with take it all, they decided to take the white elephant game, and instead of like um, an in sync action figure or uh, uh, one of those self stirring chocolate milk mugs, uh, let's just try and give away a Mercedes Benz. Or let's try and give away a whack-a-mole cabinet with your own likenesses. It's custom one-of-a-kind made of wood. And that's White Elephant, mostly. Uh, the way the format worked was there were five contestants in the start of the show. But in each round, whoever had the lowest valued prize, think price is right, would be eliminated from the game. Not only would they be eliminated, but all the prizes they've won up to that point will also be gone. In the first round, there are five people with five boxes uh, shown on the dream screen. The dream screen was just this projection LED light set that originally was just colors. Blue, red, yellow, pink, and green, I think? And then later would just have the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 because it's easier to just say box 3 instead of oh, that one. And instead of, and not only that, but they would have to swipe, like like in the in the in the old reality series, uh, the the Glass House. They would have to do perform some actions of like swiping away the other prizes, and then when you're locking in your prize, you had to do some arm movements that made it look like you're grabbing the box. When it was grabbed, then the screen would reveal what the real prize was. And then an elevator would present an avatar of the prize itself. For instance, uh, if it was a kayak, they would bring out the kayak. 
If it was a keys to a car, it would be the, if it was a car, it would be the keys to the car. If it was a, a jet, uh, if it was a, one of those water jet packs, it would be a scuba diving set with, a, with the jet pack attached. So in round one, the prices were between $5,000 and $12,000, which meant that you had to decide, well, what is the lowest valued prize? I want to stay alive in the game, but I also want a great prize. So player one picks one of the five, and that's shown. Then we're introduced to player two, and now they can steal from player one or pick one of the four prizes. and then, Or they pick the prize, and then they can switch. And then we move it to player three, and they do it again. And we do it with player four. Then we do it again with player five. Now, once per the game, if they're very scared, they're going to get eliminated, and they have a high-valued prize, they have a freeze, which means they cannot have their prize stolen at all in the round. Um, but that can only be used once per game, and after three rounds, it's no good. So, after the first round, when we have the five to $12,000 prizes, Howie Mandel has to dramatically go. The value of your swing set is three is $7,499. And you pick this trip to Hawaii. Here's your lay. That value is $10,450. Keep going from there. You, you can see how that would... Make for some gripping television. Uh, then, of course, whoever's eliminated gets to sit in, in like the, the this little couch somewhere, and they just get to keep watching, and they're eliminated. Oh well. In round two, the prizes are anywhere between fifteen thousand dollars and twenty-five thousand dollars, which means, hey, maybe a small car, maybe a motorcycle. Maybe a boat, perhaps? You know, your casual upscale prices, right? Prizes would be in this round. In addition to wackier items that would not really be shown on the prices, right? Such as a, a full stack of wine. Or just other ridiculous items. So basically, they went to the Hemschler Slinger uh, catalog, the same company that brought us the Howie uh, Mandel phone itself. This, this upscale, think Brookstone for upper upper rich kids. Uh, that's where most of the prices came from. You just look through the catalog and, and see what happens. So I decided to look at the uh, Hamacher Schlemmer catalog which you can go to hamacher.com, H-A-M-M-A-C-H-E-R.com, to see uh, some of the items. This is most likely where most of the prizes from Take It All came from because they're ridiculously expensive, and I don't think anyone would want them. This is kind of like Sky Mall meets Brookstone meets Sharper Image, and most of it's trash. So I'm looking at the tab called the unexpected because that's more than likely where some of these prizes are uh so i guess in future episodes of take it all if they were still on the air which it's not uh there is a Snowcraft for 2400 bucks a 3d pancake printer with 299 dollars and 95 cents 
the hydro-powered Jetovator worth 6500 bucks. There is a classic European copper distiller worth $280. An underwater scooter worth $2,000. The Sock Biff Pow Batman pinball machine worth $7,900. A video refrigerator worth $2,500. There is the Oneophiles wine cellar management system worth $4,000. There is the Virtual 60 Game Pinball Arcade worth $4,000. There is a Children's Carnival Carousel worth $9,000. There is an authentic New York hot dog vendor cart worth $5,500. A personalized whack-a-mole game, which was on the show, valued at $35,000. A Zoltar cabinet worth $9,000. The Swiss Robotic Barista worth $5,600. An amusement park dragon pedal boat worth $5,000. The All-American Carousel worth $10,000. An infrared supine sauna worth $14,500. The world's loudest table tennis table worth $15,000. The commercial juicer worth $9,900. A climbing wall treadmill worth $9,950. The Authentic Baseball Glove Leather Chair, $6,200. The Genuine Irish Telephone Box, worth $6,000. A Personal Day Spa, worth $10,000. A Gyroscopic Hammock, worth $9,500. A Museum Quality R2-D2 Robot, $7,500. There is the Productivity Boosting Nap Pod, worth $16,000. The Big Top Calliope worth thirty thousand dollars. The Amstel hot tub tug. It's a boat. That's a hot tub because you need a hot tub while in a boat. Worth twenty five thousand dollars. The only gyroscopic watch winder worth eighteen thousand dollars. A fire breathing dragon that flies worth sixty thousand dollars. The audiophiles, Lacrima speakers, were $40,000. A luxury yurt, were $2,900. The world's largest Pac-Man cabinet, $11,000. The king of rock and roll jukebox, reminiscent of Elvis Presley, worth $9,000. The Porsche 917 Le Mans Raceway, worth $125,000. I know the, the top is hundred grand, but you know they would give away a Porsche 917 Le Mans Raceway just because they can say they can. Blackbeard's Playhouse, it's basically just a pirate ship playground for your kids, $26,700. The Undersea Aqua Hoverer, $1,500,000. Holy shit, this is real. Why? Who is... Who is buying this? I don't even want... This was a game show. Now we're just reading silly stuff. The Emotive Robotic Avatar were $65,000. A two-person 60-mile-per-hour hovercraft, $19,500. The Power Nap Capsule, $25,000. The Electric One-Person Car That Looks Like a Penis, $36,000. A 120-mile-per-hour electric car that looks like a shoe, $200,000. A Personal Submarine, $2 million. A Pirate Ship Playhouse that is not the one that I brought up earlier, $29,000. A Barbecue 
cute dining boat, which was featured on the show. $50,000. Another hot tub boat, because we need to have hot tub boats in this society. $75,000. The world's only counterbalanced turntable. $28,000. The amphibious subsurface watercraft. $300,000. The Ornicus Orchestral Digital Grand Piano, $105,000. The Professional Microbrewery, worth $45,000. The Flying Hovercraft, worth $190,000. The World's Largest Kitty Cat Clock, worth $4,000. The Better Humor Beer Peddler, worth $7,000. A Log Cabin Tree Lodge, worth $20,000. A World War II flank run, run, run or whatever that means. $15,000. A killer whale submarine, which I believe was on the show, worth $90,000. A three-dimensional labyrinth orb, which is basically one of those perplexus ball things, but it's bigger for $40,000. The marble machine orchestra worth $95,000. A human-powered car worth $60,000. Finally, you can live the life of the Flintstones, but look like you're in the future for $60,000. The Gotham golf cart, have you ever wanted to have the Batmobile but as a golf cart because you want to impress your, your, your nerdy friends at the golf course at the country club? $28,000. $500. A mini monster truck for your kid, $125,000. The world's fastest amphibious car, $155,000. An around the world wine regions tour, $200,000. The Stats Focus Speakers, $15,000. The Eccentrix Wine Steward Eliminator, $205,000. Amphibious all terrain vehicle, kind of defeats the purpose if it's called all terrain vehicle, but it's only for the water, but still $49,000. 24th century time machine. Does it actually send you to the 24th century? I don't fucking know. Given today's practicalities, it would not surprise me. But it's $35,500. Someone would waste it. Howie Mandel might have bought it and put it on this game show. The self-propelled Aquanaut suit, $825,000. A helicycle. It's is it a bicycle. Is it a helicopter? It's both. $395,000. How about a golf cart hovercraft worth $58,000? A solar velomobile worth $9,900? The five-person exploration submarine, $2,700,000. The an authentic replication of the Batmobile from the 1966 Batman television series for $200,000. An electric roadster worth $9,990. A 1959 Corvette billiards table worth $25,000. I'm going to keep listening off these things just because, A, it fills time, and, two, just to let you know, this is how ridiculous the prices are, and these are actually going to probably have been on the show because it's that weird and it's that much flaunting of wealth. The Connoisseur's Vault, $155,000. The Adults Jaguar uh, XK120 Mini Roadster for $20,000. A robotic bartender worth $25,000. The Navigational Water Park, which looks like a flotation device with some water slides for your kids, $71,000. A submarine sports car is $2 million. An authentic London taxi cab, $40,000. A tropical tiki cut for $6,700. A Wizard of Oz pinball machine, $9,500. A flying all-terrain vehicle worth $139,000. 
the exotic virtual adventure run worth $8,000. It just looks like a treadmill. It just looks like your standard everyday treadmill you would see at the gym. A life-size Tyrannosaurus skull so you can end up looking like Vince McMahon at his office. $9,500. If you want the whole fucking skeleton, the life-size Tyrannosaurus skeleton, $100,000. The Rouge Mystical Starship, $22,000. The Pivot Frame Plectocycle, $25,000. And a genuine 1902 E. Joy Morris Carousel Horse is $64,000. A jet engine coffee or tea machine, $15,000. And a handcrafted hippopotamine sofa, $95,000. I know, a lot of this stuff does not make any sense. But trust me, if you go to hamature.com, you will see images. You will see this stuff is real. And some of this stuff was actually featured on the game show Take It All. So, after three rounds of gameplay... After going through a round where it's, after it's just 9,000 to, to, it's 5,000 to 12,000, and then round two where it's 15,000 to $25,000, and then we get to the amateur catalog where it's 30000 to $100,000 in the finale. In each of these rounds, the person who finishes the least valuable prize is eliminated, and the one with the most valuable prize from the previous round chooses first. The two remaining contestants at the end of the third round advance to the final round called the prize fight. So, basically, after playing uh, essentially is a, a white elephant game, you have this whack-a-mole machine, you have this hippopotamus sofa, you have this pinball machine. Which one do you want to take? Which one you want to steal? Freeze all that stuff. You're left with two people, and the prize fight is the final round. <clears throat> In the final two contestants, each select one card from a set of 10. Marked with cash values that range from $25,000 to $250,000. You know, because after having all these ridiculous prizes, let's, let's give away a quarter million dollars while we're at it. The values on the cards are not immediately revealed. Each separately and secretly decides to either keep mine on a iPad, a swipe, either keep mine or take it all. This is what's known in the game gaming world. In the if you are one of those game theorists, you'll have game theory. You're, you'll be familiar with this because it's basically the prisoner's dilemma. If both contestants choose to keep mine, they both get to keep their prizes, all three of them and the money amount that they selected. That's a great day. But if one chooses keep mine, the other one says take it all, then the contestant that chose take it all gets their three prizes, the opponent's three prizes, that's six, and both cash amounts, they quite literally take it all. But if they both decide to be greedy and both decide to take it all, then they both walk away with nothing. So if you want to take it all, you have to risk it all. Uh, and, that's, and that's basically the game, is the Prisoner's Dilemma Machine. So then it's, oh, I want you to stay, and we both won prizes, let's stay. Okay, I trust you, I will sob story. And then someone chooses uh, take it all. In fact, that happened with an episode with a guy who looked like Santa Claus. Also a reason why it's perfect for the Christmas special. 
And the funny episode at the end, there was a jolly uh, guy who looked like Santa Claus and a, and a regular person is just like, hey, you know, I'm here to win, but I'm he- I had a good day. I want to stop and I want to stop too. So Santa, Cl- Santa Claus says, keep mine. And then other contestant shows uh, take it all. So they stole from Santa Claus. That's a, a good day, right? <sighs> anyway. So, so Take It All is a prisoner's dilemma, and White Elephant is is an okay format to have. Uh, we're now going to start with the second half of the game, which is basically exploring the show and its look and, and its design, and once again, the story of the game. So, the set is very dark. It's lots of dark blues, dark blacks, dark purples. The video screen, very le- illegible. But the video monitors in the background, which display all the prizes, and then when there's a swap or a freeze, it looks nice. That's the only thing that looks nice in this game, in addition to the elevator shaft delivering the avatars of prizes. However, as you may have figured out, unlike Deal or No Deal, uh, there's no real screaming at the contestant to stop or go. There's barely any play along. So you're left with uh, storytelling which is in the form of contestants. But every contestant is a woo-woo person, and you don't really care that much because of five people, only two make it to the prize fight, which means three are left empty-handed before they both decide to get greedy and decide to take it all, which means there is no storytelling either. In addition to that, even if there was a sob story to attach, and some of them did have sob stories, what good is a military mom if if she wins like the hippopotamus sofa? Like that that's not going to change her life. The hippopotamus sofa, and if she decides to sell it, which I assume would be the case with a lot of these prizes, who's going to buy the sofa from them? Like yeah, it makes no sense. Even if they won the prizes, it would make no sense. But uh, that's only because there's no story of the game. It really, the only story of the game comes with, you have to assume in game, all five of these people are friends, which they're not. They're all total strangers because it's a game show and you can't have friends. So they, they have to play a white elephant game with prizes that Howie Mandel picked. And Howie Mandel is a quirky guy, so these are some quirky prizes. And that, okay, that would make sense. Um, and your risk-reward only comes from, do you use your freeze this round, or do you steal from another, or do you go for the unknown? There's not a lot of play along with this, because, well, you, you just have to is, is basically playing a prices right pricing game of which is the most expensive, what's the least expensive. And it, because the, I think the idea was these are so ridiculous items, it's so hard to figure out the prices versus your everyday pick a car or pick a trip somewhere kind of decisions. And that's a, that's a strong issue with the game when it comes to a, an elephant plus it's all, all the prizes have already been pre-selected before the game. It's all, all four or all five or all three have been chosen before the round even started. 
So you already know what's the most expensive and what's the least expensive. And it, it makes for uh, not that exciting content, as it turns out, especially when it comes to a, a essentially luck-based white elephant stealing heap or trade kind of game. It, it doesn't make it exciting. Now we move on to the prize fight. I think adding cash to the prizes, sure, that's a nice novelty to the existing Prisoner's Dilemma. When it comes to Prisoner's Dilemma, though, the original idea was supposed to be, imagine you have two prisoners, and you can either rat out your, 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 your friend or stay in prison. If you both decide to stay in prison, uh, you both stay with the, re- with the term. If one snitches and the other one chooses not to, you get away scot-free, pretty much, and the other guy serves your sentence. However, if you both decide to rat on each other, you both double your sentence. So it becomes a risk-reward system when it comes to that. They don't really know how to present that in terms of game shows. Now, game shows of Prisoner's Dilemma have existed for a while. That's the main story with Friend or Foe. Which means that that's basically going to be an episode in and of itself, is Friend or Foe on Game Show Network. In addition to that, in terms of uh, Prisoner's Dilemma, it's a big, uh, it's a, it's a big uh, catch-all in UK game shows. Because Shafted has had that. Uh, the Bank Job had that in its first series. You can't, it's not seasons, it's series over there. And finally, the only one I think kind of worked... Golden Balls. Uh, there's a show called Golden Balls. Feel free to laugh because there's a show called Golden Balls. And yes, if they do make the pun of if you want to be rich in this game, you got to have to have balls. Yep, yep, balls. Balls, balls. Anyway, back to Take It All. So Take It All's main prize fight is Prisoner's Dilemma and where the Take It All came from. And it looks to me like this came as a last-minute addition to the game. Because now it's no longer the White Elephant, it's called Take It All, which means this is the Take It All round, which makes the White Elephant part not that really exciting. And I, I think that's that's a huge uh, letdown when it comes to the show. And I think partially why the show flopped is because Prisoner's Dilemma is not really that exciting to watch. And plus it leads to really depressing moments where if you see someone actually cry because they trusted some like contestant and they decided to stay and the other one pushed to take it all. So take it all gets everybody and you're left disappointed because you get nothing, even though you were a nice person. So it, it, it's always rough to have a prisoner's dilemma on your game show. Because if you don't know these people, like, it doesn't matter what they choose between take it all or keep mine. And on a mathematical statement, if either of the two conditions is if the is a you lose everything, because there's three choices here, and two-thirds of them involve you lose everything. Keep mine versus a keep mine means you both get stuff. That's a gain. A take it all with a keep mine with you doing the take it all and they have the keep mine is a win for you. However, on the flip side of both those, even if you decide to keep mine, you could be taken all and you can be in the loss 
Or if you decide to take it all, and they did do take it all, you both lose. So if we play the role of just assuming everything's double, you really have more of a chance to double your money mathematically if you just decide to take it all. Because you have the same chance of losing everything if you decide to keep mine. So a take it all at least means you can take everything and if they also pick take it all, they also lose everything. So essentially, it all comes down to if your your partner, your secondary contestant decides to take it all or not. So if you're playing a game where it's do you decide between take it all and keep mine, just tell them I'm going to take it all. Because at least, and be honest, you're going to take it all. Because at the very least, they take it all, and you lose everything. Alternatively, they will keep mine, and you will win everything. It does not matter. You have more of a chance to win everything than you do if you decide to keep mine, and they decide to steal from you. Which is why Prisoner's Dilemma is such a weird uh, version of a game show in-game. It sounds to me like they originally had an idea where it was the final three, and then whoever had the most wins, and they were like, oh shit, this is, uh, we could have done six players, but uh, we wanted to speed this along. Oh, well, five, four, three, then the two prize fight. That makes sense, I guess. Um, which, which means that the, the show is is already predetermined in terms of who's going to be eliminated based on who picks what prize even though the contestants doesn't know that they are in the dark until the very end um which doesn't make that exciting of a show um and and secondarily prisoner's dilemma in, in this case um so i i decided uh best best results is I, I came up with uh, two ideas. One is a, a revival of Take It All. If you were going to bring back Take It All, what would I do? And second is a much better uh, holiday game show um, in, with Howie Mandel. All right. So here is the first one. This one is called the Take It All Revival. So in this version of the game, there are six contest. There are actually four contestants. I said six because I still have the note. Four contestants. In this game show, there are twenty-five squares with twenty-five different presents. Anything ranging from five dollars to fifty thousand dollars as prizes, and it could be anything from cash to trips to vacations. Think treasure hunt. If you guys remember games with treasure hunt. Some of you do. In each round of the four, one contestant picks one of the boxes. And then we reveal what the icon is. But we don't reveal what it means. But it's pretty obvious. So it's like if it's keys to a Mercedes, it's obviously a Mercedes Benz. But we don't reveal what it is. It's only until either they decide to freeze or until a prize is stolen that we reveal what the prize represents once all four people grabbed a prize we then reveal what it means but here's the catch what the catch that's right friends in this game 
only the player with the most money advances to the final round. The rest just get to keep their prizes. Wow. That means that there are going to be 16 contestants in each episode of Take It All, meaning that anyone can be a contestant because we're going to pick them straight from the audience. Woo! Whoever gets the most uh, valued prize in each round, because it's all randomized, uh, plus after four prizes are, are selected in each round, four will be added back into the game and reshuffled. That's, that's going to be common. So round two is four new players and another four prizes. And one more goes to the final round. Then we do it again with one more and it goes to the final round. Then we go to another one and it goes to the final round. So we get to the, our fifth and final round with all four champions. Based on the value of the prizes they brought into the final round, which they all get to keep, there is now going to be one final game with bigger prizes. That's right. Now the prizes are actually not going to be even bootleg prizes. Everything is going to be either is going to be money. That's right. Big old buckaroos. And 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 that's that's going to be the the big twist of the game with the four players. It's it's all money at the end. But the money values are all random and they're not even coherent. It's going to be things like Random values like that. And as you might have figured out, whoever has the most money in this round is the only one that gets to keep the cash. So that's your final big money twist is it's money at the end and you don't know the values because it could be anything it's never going to be a million dollars but it's always going to be big money so so then it, it becomes a bigger twist now in the final round of the game there is uh you can freeze however at one final stage in the game if you decide not to freeze you can swap for one final prize on the board, which will be taking your cash prize out of the game and presented into the game, which means an 8 out of 25 chance of getting bigger money, blah, 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 blah. So that would be the, the revival of a white elephant is you get 16 contestants and you get smaller prizes and they're all randomized because there's 25 of them, which means everyone has a fair chance of getting a great prize. And, and not really a clunk, even if it's something really remotely cheap, like a Kira coffee maker or something. Like, it, like it'll like it be okay of a prize. Like, even if it's like a $500 Best Buy gift card, something is still good. And I think that's, that's going to be an even better idea for the show, other than going crazy with these over-the-top elaborate prizes. Now, I understand uh, elaborate prizes and its craziness. I've watched once again the old prices right. They've tried to get they've given away an elephant. They've given away a big box of cigarettes. They've given away almost like a lifetime supply of champagne. They've given away a house. They've given away company shares. They have given away franchises to businesses. 
on this old Bill Cullen Price is Right. So it, it, for this version, I, I understand why you want to do that, but I would rather just go simple. Plus, it, it means that you get introduced to 16 contestants. You don't really have to do sob stories that much. And it, the white elephant becomes just about like instead of which is more expensive between this motorcycle and this uh, playground, it becomes more of so and so has a is almost like let's make a deal. So and so has this ATV. So and so has this trip to Hawaii. So and so has uh, has uh, what looks like a, uh, a pizza. We don't know what the pizza goes to. You can steal any of those three or pick from the board. What are you going to do? That would be interesting. Also, because it is a white elephant game, I would try and make this set not look like uh, a weird uh, bootleg uh, Patriot Games set with laser beams and stuff. I'd rather have it set up that it looks kind of like a fun crowd-based game show where there is just like a big circle and it almost looks like an ornament wreath and it's it's colorful and bright like not even dark like white white everything maybe yellow maybe blue like bright bright blue something that makes it seem like a show that would air on daytime television alongside ellen like right after ellen DeGeneres. be sure to see the white elephant game show or something and then you can have Howie Mandel still host it because it's still a risk ward system and it's still cool prizes. It's just not over-the-top prizes like a $2 million submarine, even though they don't give away a $2 million submarine. The, things like that would have made us a much better game show. No Prisoner's Dilemma, just the White Elephant game. And then in the final round with all four champions... It's all randomized cash, and you don't know what is the most value, what's the least value. So when you're the person in the final position because you brought in the most money, you have the biggest decision to make, and you have the most power in your hand of what is the most money to grab. That would make for a much better game show. But who knows? That that would that is. Uh, that that could just end up being a hot mess as well, even though it's five rounds and it's the White Elephant game. And that seems to be the only cool thing going for White Elephant or Take It All. Uh, I think the cash cards were okay, but I already see 25 cash cards and we don't know the value until the very end. Something like that would work. Um, but the, eh. the reason the show failed is it didn't really present itself as a fun, lighthearted white elephant game. Howie Mandel was trying to bring deal or no deal style hosting to a game show that, that couldn't work. Uh, it, it did an unfair job of, of making the game fair for the contestants. And when it came to a prisoner's dilemma, it could end in a whole downer ending, which is not what a game show should ever do. Game shows should not end in downer endings, even though sometimes it happens. You know, contestant, even if a contestant like fail, like all three fail on Jeopardy, it that's a downer ending. But then it's like Alex will go. We'll we'll be back next time. On the Price Is Right, if both decide to double overbid, they still would say, "Well, he still had a good day at the in the in the show. We gave away a few prizes." 
with let's make a deal. If they don't get the big deal of the day, they still win a prize. There's no zonk. On, on Wheel of Fortune, they don't complete the final puzzle. They still got the most money that day. So, hey, you didn't win the bonus money, but you made $11,750. It And that's the only time it's really a downer ending is Family Feud because it's five bucks a point. So Steve Harvey has to celebrate. They win like $500 or something. It's just ridiculous. Um, but the... But for a game like this, especially if it's a primetime event that's stripped for Christmas, it didn't work. And I know something like a white elephant format could definitely work. People play white elephant all the time with wacky prizes. Now, if you just branch out the range that there are small valued prizes, medium level prizes, and big prizes, the game would be a lot better especially because most of the prizes would now be in the fate of the contestants. The contestant chose 12. 12 had the trip to Hawaii. Contestant 2 picked box 2. Box 2 had the motorcycle. Contestant 3 picked box uh, 24. Box 24 had an Xbox One and television set. And contestant 4 could steal any of those or... Go with box one that they chose, and box one had a check for $5,000. Well, which one will be eliminated? We don't know. Things like that would work. Because there's no elimination. Now it's all about getting the most instead of the least. Because on this game show, it shouldn't be, let's get rid of the lowest valued player. It should be rewarding whoever got the biggest trade, the biggest hired valued item. And even then, if they get the higher valued item, none of the other contestants lose. Everybody wins. Even if it's a lower tier system, that means there's going to be 16 contestants with 16 prizes, one of which is going to be a big cash prize at the end. Therefore, it makes the game more susceptible, which means more people would watch because that's 16 people winning 16 prizes. Even if some are less than others, it's still a prize. That's what makes it work. That's what makes it all a much better show if it worked. It was if they just did that, but they chose not to. They wanted to go over the top. They wanted to play with the dealer no-deal aspect. They wanted to make it dark and edgy. Dark and edgy doesn't sell. This isn't DC Comics anymore. This is game shows. We're celebrating toasters being won. So let's give people toasters as prizes. Anyway, uh, the other game show I had in mind, uh, because holiday season, and it's Howie Mandel, was was, uh, called Howie Mandel's Secret Santa. And it was going to be a really fun idea where it was basically you bring in one celebrity guest uh, to work with Howie Mandel. And the whole idea is supposed to be that the it's like undercover boss or secret millionaire where it's this one celebrity guest has to basically more or less stock a, a, a family in need. And it's like, that's your sob stories is look at the struggling family because we sure love poverty porn on television. Um, So look at the family struggling to make ends meet. Look at the kid. He, he He wants a bicycle. He has good grades. And then you see Howie Mandel go to the guy, like the celebrity, and go, all right, so... Here is fifty thousand dollars, or seventy-five, or a hundred thousand. Just pick whatever money you want to go with this. And I want you to buy the perfect gift for this person. 
Now, they don't know the person at all, so it's going to be just a reality show with Howie Mandel telling them to buy stuff for the family. They don't know it yet, but then the family shows up on Howie Mandel's new talk show idea, and they know something is going to be up because, eh, well, we're going to help you out here. And, and, and it's going to be because it's Howie Mandel, one of those hidden camera prank shows to which it reveals to be a secret Santa. And then we reveal all the prizes and all the cash that the celebrity chose for each member of the family. Sob story, sob story. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone's happy because they get stuff and money. And Howie Mandel's there, and it's a partially a prank show and partially hidden camera show, and there and it's a good and good things happen to a good person. That's what you would do, right? If this was a Christmas special, that that would work. Howie Mandel's Secret Santa, Howie Mandel's Holiday Humdinger. So that'd be more of my show, where it's you know let's answer some riddles and brain teasers for Christmas crackers, which will give prizes away. But for a Howie Mandel's show, a Secret Santa would work more because he, he loves uh, hitting camera work. He loves uh, messing with people. So a game show where it's celebrities or even Howie Mandel himself trying to find gifts for people he does not know would make for a much cooler show than a white elephant gift exchange with over-the-top prizes. So those are my two ideas for game shows. White Elephant, uh, which would be a much better show, and a Secret Santa game show with Howie Mandel. Um, Take It All, of course, flopped hard. Uh, the first episode made seven million, had 7,120,000 viewers, and its last episode, December 17th, was 4,530,000, which means a huge dip uh it did not do so well oh well it could be worse it could be the million second quiz wait that had more episodes never mind anyway uh that is gonna do it with take it all now let's move on to our pricing game spotlight This week we're talking about the grocery game. Grocery game is a pricing game that uses grocery items. It is played for a prize, usually valued between $3,000 and $10,000. Although it has been played for cars and on two occasions, three rooms of furniture. Having debuted on Price's second episode from September 5th, 1972, tape date 0012D, aired out of order on September 6th, Grocery Game is one of the original five pricing games. That's why we're doing it today. Uh, premiere day was September 5th, 1972. It aired our order, so it aired September 6, 1972, but we'll just say it's the 5th. All right. So here's how the game works. Uh, the contestant is shown five grocery items. The goal of the game is to buy a total between $20 and $22. Originally, it was $21. Inclusive. To do this, the contestant chooses an item and a quantity of that item to buy. The price is revealed, multiplied by the quantity purchased, and rung up on the cash register. If the total is less than 20 bucks, they must choose another item and quantity, which is then added to the total. This continues until they have spent over $20 or used all five grocery items. 
the player loses by spending over $22 or by spending less than $20 after using all five items. If the contestant succeeds in spending between $20 to $22, he or she wins the prize. Grocery Game first premiered on September 5th, 1972, the second aired show, which aired out of order, and was created by Goodson Tomman, Staffer, Irving Lane, Camille. Its original winning range was $6.75 to $7. This was increased to $20 to $21 on January 26, 1989, due to inflation, and was extended to an extra dollar on September 6, 2016. In shows produced during the first week of tapings, the contestant was given $100 at the start of the game. If the player won the game or exhausted all five grocery dot items before reaching the $6.75, he or she kept the $100. Oh, okay, so that was like a consolation prize? Um, all right. A grocery game was the third pricing game to be won on the day it premiered, and it was won on the very first time it aired premiere date. September 5th, 1972, aired out of order. Yeah, okay, I guess it's out of order. Originally, the game was revealed first, and the price grocery items were distributed before the price was described, similar to high-low prior to 2008. On November 26, 1974, it was changed to have the prize description read before the game is played. So, so, you know, like, we have a great prize for you, don't we, George Gray? That's right, you're playing for a couch. It's couch, it's comfy, sleep on it. All right, well, you're going to win that couch playing the grocery game, and you can win that couch knowing about these five grocery items. Tell them again, George Gray. Uh, this candy bar is delicious, crunchy, t uh, has delicious, crispy uh, rice. This uh, microwave meal is perfect for on-the-go snacking. It's delicious and stuff. Look at this uh, pharmaceutical company. This pharmaceutical company gave us a product placement for us to describe this thing in length. That's why it's getting a big airtime. Use as directed. Diapers. Diapers are always needed for baby care. Baby cares with babies. This is diapers. And finally is another snacking thing. This is tortillas. Tortillas are delicious for for wrapping things up or for using as quesadillas use as directed back to you drew that is essentially the grocery game and they're like i want five tortillas those tortillas are 2.99 that means 14.95 you have to keep going all right well i want the medicine all right one medicine that's 11 dollars uh that means that you went over burp 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 wow all right, so back to fun facts. Um, from September 5th, 1972, in our order, uh, Janice Pennington was, tra was traditionally the grocery games cashier. On November 23rd, 1998, she started to wear reading glasses after she made a typographical error on the previous playing. Since December 21st, 2000, any one of the models appearing that day would run the cash register, but it's usually Rachel Reynolds. Host Drew Carey will often joke that they found the model at a grocery store working as a checker. Ha 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 Oh, that Drew Carey. The first four times grocery game was played, the contestant was awarded supplies of all five grocery items regardless of the game's outcome. A supply of rice aroni to San Francisco treat. On October 27, 1972, grocery game was lost when a contestant bought 24 chunky bars on the first purchase. Surprisingly, the contestant got to keep the 24 chunky bars bought in the game. 
why would they why would it just out of embarrassment just add even more stinger like ha you could have had this like you could have won this speedboat but fuck you here's 24 chunky bars just add insults entry well, that's mean Je- jesus all right uh on april 5th 1991 tape date 7985d the game mistakenly used a shell game design uh sign additionally the grocery game sign was absent on december 23rd 1980 october 15th 1993 june 12 2003 june 1st 2007 and september 21st 2015 which was 7211k the 44th season premiere the former was because of an abundance of Christmas decorations on the turntable, while the later was a throwback 1972 theme. On May 1st, 1996, 9963D, the cash register rang up as 2176. Despite this, the wind light flashed and the winning bell sounded, but Bob apologized for losing, first seeing that she went over $21. At the start of the first showcase showdown, everyone realized there was an error and that her total was actually $20.76, and so she won her prize. Oh, that's okay. On October 6, 1999, the cash register malfunctioned and said 2145 instead of 2045. Bob and Janice sort of had a hard time figuring out whether she won or not, but the contestant was awarded the prize due to a technical win. During the Price is Right salutes the U.S. Coast Guard primetime special on May 21, 2002. Number 003SP, aired out of order July 12th, originally scheduled to air June 6th. Grocery game was played for three different rooms, but sadly, it was lost. Grocery game's current cash register can only add up to 20 items per purchase. This was further tested. On the April 24, 2004 Million Dollar Spectacular, one contestant asked for 25 of an item. That amount was calculated offstage and, not surprisingly, was over the limit. For the first few years in the Drew Carey era, the five products involved a shared common theme. Each theme was formally concocted by Scott Robinson of the show's staff. So, you know, like, think think bread, peanut butter, jelly, lunch bag, Ziploc bag. Think that. Um, the first and only perfect win on the nighttime show came in Dennis James' era when a contestant hit $7 on the nose with a few purchases. Well, the first and only perfect win ever on the daytime show came on Christmas Day, 1979, number 3532T, when a contestant hit $7 on the nose with just one purchase. Dorothy Sai, then known as Dottie Sai, was the first player and first winner of Grocery Game. Lost her showcase, returned November 11, 2008, aired out of order to November 3rd. She got up on stage and played Coming or Going, where she lost and also lost in the showcase showdown. On October 13th, 2015, and aired out of order, on October 27th, the catch register as Rachel was ringing up the total glitched out. She then got her teeth. Oh, wait. Catch register was ringing up the first total glitched out when she got her teeth fixed. What? What? How is this a fact? When Rachel Reynolds got her teeth, like she went to the dentist or something like that day or she chipped a tooth. Like what? what's like, like, oh, uh, she can't smile, so she has to close her mouth and just ring up the stuff and it malfunctioned. What? I don't... I don't know. That's a little too obsessive of a fact. Why did I read that? All right. On March 24th, 2017, aired out of order, March 31st, the College Rivals episode, Peyton Dillwig won a home theater system with sports package and a Papa John's $1,200 gift card. What a fun fact. 
A gift card to Papa John's. The game was currently in a losing streak with the most recent win happening on June 19th, 2017. Okay, well, that makes sense. It's a, it's a tough game to play. All right. Uh, so the most number of times this game was played in any season was 99. Grocery game was a million-dollar game. Uh, okay, so... Uh, just a word. Uh, so on the Price is Right, in some of these, they they had these primetime million dollar specials. Now in the Bob Barker era, uh, the million dollars was one on the big wheel. If you hit the dollar on the nose, you get one bonus spin. If it's dollar again, you get a million dollars. The winner of the showcase would get one final spin and a second chance at the million dollars if they get a dollar on the nose. In the Drew Carey era of the game. One of the six games played was called the Million Dollar Game, which is basically not only do you play for the prize, but if you do something miraculous in the game, such as perfect game, uh, you you get all numbers right in a row, something that's really tough, like clock game beat in 10 seconds, you will win the prize and $1 million. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the showcase at the end, uh, if you were within, I think, two, was it, I believe $1,000, originally 500 bucks, you would win both showcases, because that's the double showcase, and $1 million. So, for this, a uh, million dollar win condition was, you had to, per your total had to be between $20 and $20.20. Wow, that's a tough, uh, close call right there. Uh, foreign, vision, foreign versions, uh, the game has been adapted for many other countries' versions, with the only major difference being the price ranges, and there are small differences in the Australian version, gets more themed to the game with the cashier wearing a colorful schmock, like the ones won at Australian supermarkets. In Australia, the Ian Turpy era is $6.75 to $7, like in America. In the Larry Emder era in Australia, it was $10 to $10.50. Canada, $9 to $10.00. Uh, France is uh, 95 francs to 99 francs. Germany was Deutschmarks 27 to Deutschmarks 30. Later Deutschmarks 12 to Deutschmarks 13. Uh, in Italy, it was 45 limas to 48 limas. I don't think those are euros. It looks like a euro, but it looks like limas. Uh, Vietnam's is uh, dong is 200 dongs to 300 dongs. I just want to repeat that just because I'm, I'm a child. 200,000 dongs. And 300,000 dongs. Thank you. Um, I, I think Grocery Game is an okay game. Uh, so the set is basically, it looks like an old little old-timey shelf with the old-timey cash register and the little price tags. And it rings it up on the little cash register. And you hear that chink-chink. And then the light blows up and you hear the wind or the noise. And, and that's okay. Uh, I think Grocery Game... It's a little tough, but I think it's doable. But I think uh, at this time, I think Grocery Game needs to be kind of rebooted. Uh, so here's what I would have done if I were to reboot Grocery Game. I would make sure that it looks like a self-checkout machine now. That means there's no model at this point. Uh, unless they want to have like a shelf and have the model like drop the item into the basket to show how many are left or and then have the contestant like use like a scanner and scan that many times the item so if it was like three of these beep 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 if it's five uh candy bars beep 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 
Something like that. So then it's revealed. You locked in five. You put it in the basket. Once it's in the basket, it's done. And then it's revealed how much the price is. You can even have like a fun robotic voice like, $3.40 times five is $17. And then ching, ching, ching. You have $3 remaining. Something like that would work. Something that would give Grocery Game more of an upscale report because grocery stores these days, yeah, they're still cashiers, but they don't use that old-timey uh, calculator method anymore. They It's kind of now become self-checkout. It's kind of become more, more automated that I think we need to automate the Grocery Game just a bit to include self-checkout or those scan and bag situations. Have you seen these? These uh, you, you have the scanner. You scan the, the prize yourself on the barcode, and then you bag it yourself, and then you just pay at the, the front. Things like that are kind of interesting, and I think if, if that's the way grocery stores are nowadays, why not just implement that with the current grocery game? I think making it $20, $22 is actually not that difficult because 20 bucks is still a $20 bill, and a lot of people with grocery items, you know, sometimes go out and about with just a $20 bill. I can understand the whole, you don't want to go over $20, and they kind of gave you a $2 leeway. I think that should be uh, encouraged more. I think Drew Carey needs to probably explain to the contestant, you need to go a little over $20. Like, you have $20, we'll give you $2 uh, leeway, and spend of the five items, what do you need? Something like that, too. Because if you tell them it's a range between $20 and $22, they don't understand. It's kind of like Bullseye 2 with the grocery items there. You got to get between $10 and $12 with one chance of it. But, but with grocery game, it's cumulative because it's the five pricing games. It's the five pricing items. So you can buy one of everything. You could buy three of one and none of the rest. And if you can make it, you win. And I think that's what makes this game very fun. I think this needs to be automated. I don't really like the calculator. I can understand why it's a little complicated. But I, I just think this game needs a whole upgrade at this point. It's very, very... It's a classic pricing game. It's one of the original five, as we've established. But it needs to have some sort of modernization towards it. It needs more monitors. It needs something that, that shows that these are on shelves of some kind, maybe. Give these products some sort of um, special bonus, like... Like, these are the product placements, yes, but if they're the stars of the game, that's what needs to be done. Um, so the so for the maximum tension, because as we've established in most of these games, you need maximum tension. It needs to be you've wasted all four items, and it's one prize left, and it's a doable that you can get into the $20 $20 range. Um, other than that, like, there's not much in terms of the tension other than you know, because if the item is not doable, like let's assume it's coffee is last and there's $19 on your total, it's a little impossible for you to uh, win it. But they still force you to play into that final item. So it, it just happens. Um, but but I think Grocery Game is a very fun game. I, I like the idea of incorporating grocery items into a, a pricing game. And this was the first that incorporated grocery items in its game. Any number was, you know, the car and then the medium item. Uh, Double prizes is anything pretty much. It makes a very versatile game. 
you you got uh we did bonus game which was with two digit items or three digit items to win a big bonus prize and this is grocery items which is just you know everyday things you find at the supermarket and i think that's what makes this game appealing is the fact that this was supposed to be played essentially if you are a, a consumer and the, the price is right is supposed to be the all-american consumer game of buying stuff no matter how big like a car to how small like rice aroni uh grocery game uh, is proof of that because with this game it really is just how much do you think is enough to make it to 20 dollars and it's a box of macaroni and cheese from Kraft. It's 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 an interesting game. It's a bit of a puzzle. Uh, a lot of people think uh, pay the rent is tough. I say grocery game's a little tougher, to be honest. Um, but it's more winnable than pay the rent, and I understand that. Um, but grocery game is definitely one of those games that stand out for, for basically... Uh, expanding into the grocery items that come into the prices right, and without it, like who knows, like where where this game show would be, because grocery items are a big everyday occurrence with anyone in America. Everyone has to go to Walmart or they have to go to a grocery store to pick up food. If you don't have food, you're gonna die. So for this show, it's basic for this little pricing game. It really is what's the price of food. Now, of course, this is from a Los Angeles supermarket at the time, so <laughs> who knows what they think Hormel Spam costs, but it makes for an interesting game. Um, it is one of those games that when I see play, it, 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 it's a fun, joyful, it's one of those flashback games I enjoy, and it's one of those games that are still around to this day. I do definitely think it needs to have some sort of new customization. It needs a, a new appeal to it. Any number got a like a... A knockout screen why can't this game have some self-checkout incorporation or a shelf something that makes it cooler than the table with all five items something to make the game more vibrant and more fun uh otherwise i'll just want to see vendo price over and over again um, that's what makes me love the grocery game so much and, and one that is that is very very dear to my heart um next time on the pricing game showcase We'll be taking a look at Bullseye 1, not to be confused with the modern Bullseye. That's right. It's our first canceled game of the week. Anyway, so let's just get some real que- check some questions real quick. Uh, here we go. Who is the better host between Bob Barker and Drew Carey? Uh, that's tough. Um, uh, the 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 correct answer to that is it, it it really is different. They both have different hosting styles. Um, I I think once again when they when we talk prices right, that would be a, a big discussion over the difference in hosting styles between Bob Barker talking about the price as it spins the wheel versus. Drew Carey, which is just speed real fast and then just stop talking and then who do you want to say hi to? Okay, thank you to go over there. Um, they both present different things. Bob Barker is a classic broadcaster. Drew Carey is a comedian. He's an improviser, and the more he brings himself to the show, the better it gets. But the more he pushes away from the show, it, it, it's different. I don't know if Drew Carey still wants to host the show. Seems to me like he's okay with it, but I think he just wants his contract to end soon. And we're going to see a third-generation host Sooner more than later, I think. Um, even though I think he does enjoy the big paycheck that comes with the show. 
Um, I, I, I like the prices right, and I think that Bob and Drew are okay hosts. Uh, I, I've already written like good parallels uh, between the two, such as both of them served in our military. Uh, both of them have uh, originally started in failed game shows. I mean, the True for Consequences pretty much died under Bob Barker's watch, but then he wound up with The Price is Right. Same with Drew Carey with Power of Ten. So that's a fascinating thing. Uh, and plus the fact that there it's an all-American game show. I've said that recently. It's the it's the all-American game show. It's, it's it gets it doesn't get any more American than winning a sports car while there's a sexy model posing next to it because you understand how much it costs because we are a capitalist society. Um so so for Drew Carey, he's a libertarian. He's not offensive politically. He's he's socially liberal, fiscally conservative. An all-around good guy. You you just gotta like Drew Bob Barker. He is the all-American gung-ho. Hell yeah! Military's number one. We're great. Things are gonna look up. And Drew Carey is just America is a great country. I love this country. I like being here. And who doesn't love to be here? Let's go win some trips from around the states. Why don't we? It's great. Now that they both come from similar backgrounds, similar ways, but when it comes to their hosting styles, it's a little different. But they are both perfect fits for the show. Um, that's going to definitely come up probably when we discuss the prices. Right, that's going that is going to have to way down the line. We have to get through so many more pricing games. But if you have any more questions about the prices, right, I'm willing to answer them here. Thoughts on the new deal or no deal on CNBC? Well, as we brought up recently, uh, it's an okay show. Um, I, I think it's a it's an okay format. It, it's deal or no deal still. It's just, it's more of that show. Something tells me they're still going to do more novelty things. Um, still confused why it's on CNBC other than NBC. Uh, Howie is still at the top of his game, and there's a counteroffer twist, which I kind of enjoy because... A lot of times during this show, I always think these contestants are probably going to go one more time because they're aiming for that 100000 or they think they can get just a little bit more. But with the idea of the counteroffer, they don't have to play that one more case quite yet. They are willing to say to the banker, I will go one more case unless you give me $80,000, $100,000, half a million dollars. And then the banker has to decide rather to deal or no deal. Even though we all know it's probably the producer's discretion, and they'll decide if it's time to deal or no deal. Um, so, so it's an okay show. Confused why it's going to still be on CNBC when the wall is basically kind of unknown. I don't think the show is canceled. I just think they kind of are hiding it for a bit because of the Chris Hardwick snafu going on. Uh, with, with him and Chloe Dykstra. I side with Chloe on this, but uh, I understand Chris Hardwick is is very paranoid with his career. And having a show like The Wall, which was a big game show hit, it's kind of on NBC's hands what they want to do with the show. Rather, it's recast a host, or it's going to be just keep having Chris Hardwick on and try and, and play it up like it's more about the couples than Hardwick, which is a little tough. Or maybe they're thinking they can find a much better game show with Ellen's Game of Games or the Titan Games with Dwayne Johnson. So we don't know. We do not know. Uh, one final question here. Skittle Scattle. Um, 
Okay? Okay, skittle scattle. Skittle scattle to you too, buddy. I I think that I I think but is Bugman trying to infiltrate this show now? Or is Colt I mean I'm okay if Bugman decides to I mean, it's at least someone's talking to me. That 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 will make me feel good. Um So that's gonna do it for this episode of uh game shows I suppose. Uh, Join us next week uh, for another great game show, and I hope you have a great Christmas. Uh, It it will be a fun time. We'll definitely do one more uh, uh, game show before the end of the year. I still don't know what that is. Probably something fun. Until then, big smooch! Mwah!